You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Flex in front of the goal. They score. Tavares. And I think Marner's going to get an assist on this. And there is the point streak extended to 20 games. They're over top of the goal. Matthews again. Scores. The persistence of Austin Matthews. Another chance in front of the goal. They score. Sandine on a wild scramble in front. Back to the point. Robertson closing. Blocked by Marner. Another shot. Blocked there by Sandine. Another shot blocked there by Murray. Another shot blocked by Murray. Murray down. The puck still free. Holy Mackinac. They managed to keep it up. Matt Murray is going to shut out the opposition the first time he does it in a Maple Leaf uniform. And the Maple Leafs win this one 4 to nothing. Yeah, in case you didn't get the message or the memo from Joe Bowen, Matt Murray stood on his gosh darn head last night. A 44-save shutout for Matt Murray, his first as a Maple Leaf in a 4 nothing victory over the Dallas Stars. Welcome to Leafs Lunch. I'm Julie Tashiri. I've got Mike Stefano with me as always. We've got a full show. What a thing of beauty. What a treat. No football today. Um, Mike Johnson. Football. You're calling it football again. I'm you? trying to be more respectful because it's not It's <laughs> not cutting into the showtime today. But it's neither here nor there. Mike Johnson will join us in the next uh, five or so minutes to keep breaking this thing down. It's hard to talk. We definitely can't start on anything other than Matt Murray. Oh, because, absolutely. Like, w- what a game. Matt Murray, like, it, this guy deserves all the credit and all the flowers that he's getting right now. Like, the way that people approached that trade when it first went down, there's a lot of skepticism. And our skepticism wasn't necessarily on performance. It was, it was more so on, on injury and if he could stay healthy. But a lot of people looked and said, no, this guy's washed. He's no longer the goalie he was in Pittsburgh. I can't believe that Kyle Dubas rolled the dice and brought in this guy to be the savior. And, and I heard Brian, uh, Brian Hayes this morning on First Up saying that this was the biggest gamble of his career. Rolling the dice on Matt Murray, somebody who hasn't played a high level of hockey in three years. And here he is playing, honestly, like Vesna-worthy numbers since yeah. coming back from that injury. It's in, Last night, Okay, I got this little... Statistic. It's from tremendous. Money. I know it is. I haven't even seen it, but I just know it is. Tremendous information. This is from uh, moneypuck.com. They tweeted out with a 5.979 goal save above expected, Matt Murray's performance last night is the best performance from a goaltender in a shutout since modern stats started. Matt Murray, best shutout performance. Since modern stats started, yeah, and I saw one. I saw one in there from twenty. I wasn't exactly sure when modern I don't know stats what started, modern, I, I but I saw twenty sixteen yeah, in so the mix there. So it has say, to be at least around there. The, the at least in the Matthews era. Yeah, like this is the best shutout performance in hockey according to the numbers, based off of um, in the in the modern stats era. We'll call it of of analytics and and deep dive into analytics and whatnot. And honestly, like it was, that guy was under siege for a large majority under of that siege, game. Under siege, he was. <laughs> I, I, that game, it was very chaotic, and it's funny. Extremely. I, very chaotic, because the first, like, 15 minutes or so, like, there was so much, it was just high event hockey on both ends mm. of the ice. 
and they were giving up like odd man rushes, two on ones. Murray had a, a couple of nice saves, a stop, nice stop that he made on, on Sagan, and like there was a couple of, of instances where I was sitting there thinking, oh no, here it is. This is typical Leafs turnover in the offensive zone, and away the team goes the other way on the counterattack, and they've been prone to getting burnt by those, but Matt Murray was there to make the saves. Yeah, they had good back check uh, by by the Maple Leafs to get back and defend. You know, it was it was really nice to see. Um, and yeah, like Matt Murray deserves all the flowers that he's getting right now. He's yeah. been fantastic. How much how much video do you actually think that Matt Murray saved the team last night? Because I was trying to, I'm I'm feeling so good about well, this. I don't game. think they had practice today. So. No, it, it's a it's a day off today. So uh, I was. Uh, Mitch Marner used the word special after the win. It did feel like a special win. Austin Matthews used the word special, too. I I, I wonder, though, how differently we'd be talking about this game, though, if Matt Murray didn't have the performance that he did. Probably would be talking a little bit differently. I know. I would think. But it's a good world. It was a 4-0 victory. And with that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson, on a a Wednesday. It's a different vibe, but it's, it's still a good feeling, MJ. It's different, but it's awfully the same. I mean, isn't that the story of the Toronto Maple Leafs like for a month? It's a little bit different, but it kind of feels the same. Mitch Marner gets points. They find a way to get points and wins and doing it different ways. And um, you're right. Like last night was exciting. Mitch gets the point. They win the game. But really, the Leafs didn't play great. Matt yeah. Murray played great. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Like that's how it goes. Sometimes you need your goalie to win you games. And sometimes you need your power play to win you games. Like, it's not always one thing or the other. So it's okay, as long as you don't expect him to do that every single game. To know that he's capable to see and kind of have him do it for you, that's important because like, you're going to need it. You're going to need it now. You're going to need it in the future, into the playoffs. So that's probably a pretty significant night for Matt Murray. Uh, and I'm glad he was able to close it all the way off with a shutout because they didn't get any cheapies late, even though they were chances galore all the way down the stretch. But um, he was the story. And which is which is a story because the goalies haven't really had to be that to steal games entirely all year long. Johnny, forty-eight scoring chances against him last night. Twenty-six <laughs> of them were of the high danger variety. When you're obscene. looking at uh, just yeah. obscene numbers, insane numbers that they were giving up, and, and that like they didn't play particularly well. I guess you could say defensively, but like you said, Matt Murray there. And I don't know if you heard it, but the the statistic that MoneyPuck.com put out I did see the that, highest yeah. goal saved above expected in whatever the modern stats era means. I don't know exactly what that is, but the best shutout performance by a goaltender. It's absolutely amazing to see. Like, when's the last time you think the Maple Leafs have seen a goaltending performance like that? How far back into the into the mindset do you have to get to, to before you find a goalie who put on a show like he did last night? Well, I mean, I don't know, A.B. I mean, I got some point. Who got a shout-out last year? Like, Jack Campbell probably did it some game last year. Yeah, you know, but Freddie I feel like... Did it. But did he put on, like, that type of show? Like, not every shutout's the same. Not every shutout's easy, I'm aware. Right? I'm aware of that, but I'm like, I'm sure somebody had a 39-save shutout with lots of power plays, and you know, maybe according to Money Puck, no one's ever done it quite that well. But, um, you know, they've had some decent goaltenders and some pretty good success in the last several years. So um, I can't think of one specific instance. And uh, maybe a reason to be biased would let you think, well, maybe there hasn't been one. But I'm sure there's been a lot quite similar. Uh, but it was special. It was a special, special game for for Matt Murray. And um other than the injury, which is obviously a big part of his story, like this year has been amazing for him. Mm-hmm. It's been so great for him to kind of come in and be at ease and play well and win lots of games and, you know, 
kind of show that, at least up to now, whatever was plaguing him in, in Ottawa, whether it was physical, whether it was technical, whether it was mental, emotional, whatever was plaguing him has not followed him to Toronto. And I think that is, that is really nice to see for him on a personal level, and it's good to see for Toronto on the, on the ice. I have to say, I love when Money Puck, Mike 1, and Money Puck, Mike 2 go toe-to-toe on the numbers. It's like my favorite show to, <laughs> to sit back and watch. Our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson, on the phone right now. And Murray got some help last night. You said another defenseman went down, but Lilligren and Sandine really stepped up, got a lot of compliments uh, from head coach Sheldon Keefe after the game about their play. They were put in situations they weren't used to. How impressed were you by the way those two stepped up, uh, not just last night, but maybe as of late? Yeah, I mean, you are impressed. Um, probably not as surprised because I, I think I've generally been slightly more bullish on them than, than some. Uh, maybe, maybe to my own detriment, but, um, you know, they, they have to play basically second pair of minutes or higher. Uh, they have to eat more minutes when guys go down. So they're both good players. They're both first rounders. They were hoping to see this kind of growth, maybe not out of necessity, but, um, out of opportunity and, and they're making the most of it. I think Sandine killing penalties is not something, even when I do like a lot of what he does on the ice, I didn't and don't see him as a, you know, a great penalty killer, but give him credit. You know, he went out there and he was flying around and blocking shots and throwing yeah. himself in front of it and, and doing a job. So good for him. Uh, Lilligren, I, I think, is showing great poise and patience and battling. And Whoa. And they, maybe you'd know this. Like, when they played last year in the third pair, they crushed it. Like, they were so great. Yep. Their numbers were through the roof excellent. But whenever, whenever one of the two of them, or occasionally both, moved up to the top four, they took a big step back. And I think that was, that was the concern. It was like, what will happen if they have to play? We know they can do really well when they play third pair responsibility in minutes. What happens when it's second pair? What happens when it's first pair? And I think what we're seeing is that the sky won't fall. Like I think they're, they're better and more mature and more prepared than they were last year to kind of take on a larger responsibility, which will only serve everyone well when T.J. Brody gets back, maybe as early as tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then Morgan Riley, I don't know, a couple of weeks after that, that they'll have had these experiences and you kind of be a little bit more versatile on the back end about who does what on any particular night. So it's, it's, been, it's been great. Um, and they probably love it. They're young. I mean, literally, like they're, they're young. They're, their legs are fine. Playing 25 minutes, 26 minutes, they probably love it. They love the idea of it. Um, and they'll probably feel a lot better today than maybe if Mark Giordano had to play 26 or 27 minutes. And so um, it's been nice that they have been able to step up and rise to the occasion when the opportunity has presented itself. Rasmus and Andy negotiated hard this summer, almost solely, not even about money, but about opportunity. Well, it's in front of him. He's doing a lot with it, which is nice to see. Yeah, and it's, it's something to that. Like at the beginning of the year, there were... Was... Some question marks, like, oh, maybe this guy isn't what he thinks he is, just based on the play, mm-hmm. but he's really gotten into a groove of late. And, you know, it's, it, it, you bring up the fact that TJ Brody could be coming back as, as soon as tomorrow. And, and I'm curious, when this lineup is fully healthy, I mean, you probably stick with the Sandy Lilligren pairing, Geo Hall, and then you just have Morgan Riley and TJ Brody together. But, like, who would be that second pair for you? Which of those two, between Sandy and Lilligren and Geo Hall, would you trust more as, as a second pair? Because... You know, Gio and Hall, they've been doing their thing as well. But as you mm-hmm. mentioned, when it comes down to it, you might not want to have those guys playing so much time. And maybe Lilligren and Sandine have shown you a little bit more through these last three weeks that they could be up for that challenge. I mean, I think if it went perfectly for Toronto, Sandine and Lilligren would continue to progress and be able to say, we should be the second pair. 
Uh, and it may be situationally specific. Like maybe they're protecting a lead late. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go to Gio and Hall, who are maybe more defensive, more experienced uh, than Lilgren and Sandine. But I think if you're going to keep Brody with 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 Riley when Riley gets back, then having the two Swedes of the second pair, Gio and Hall, as a third, like that's that, that's pretty like that. That's a nice deep blue line as long as that second player can play well enough. Um, so so we'll see. I mean, I think if Brody comes back tomorrow before Riley, it would not surprise me if he plays with Justin Hall and like they become kind of the shutdown pair, de facto first pair, and just to ease the burden. Like Geo, we marvel at his ability to be to play as long as he has, as much as he has, and he talked about playing better when he plays more. But he is almost 40, right? Like, I think, you know, easing off his responsibility wouldn't be the worst thing in the world when you get some bodies back. Yeah, absolutely. That's our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson, on the phone right now. Uh, so, MJ, do you feel even better about your take that the Leafs should be big game hunting uh, up front and not on the back end with the depth that this team has shown us on the blue line and just the way that the team, the forwards even, have bought in defensively lately? I mean, I, I, yes, I guess. I mean, yeah. I felt good about it when I meant, like, it wasn't a hot take three weeks ago when I said it. I said, you know, that's, I watch them. I see the cost to get what's available. The availability of impact making defensemen is not great. A lot of teams want them. No teams can pay the price to get them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Toronto's shown themselves with good goaltending, with the good commitment from the forwards that they are, you know, a top 10 defensive team. And, I think they're still rounding out exactly how to be, you know, a t- you know a top flight offensive team. They're not there yet. I think they just haven't been there yet. Five on five this year. Mitch has been great. Austin's coming along. Willie's been consistent, but just and 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 JT's been really good as well. But just you know, top to bottom production, it hasn't been at the upper levels of the league. There's several teams that generate offense better than Toronto this year. Several, dozens. Like I mean, like you know, they they're 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 kind of like. 10, 12, 14 in the league in, in offense, which is not where they want to be, not with this group. So, yeah, I, I think they will be exploring all the available options in front of them, including up front. Not because I said so, because it's probably the right thing to do. Uh, in terms of, <laughs> we're chatting with Mike Johnson. It is PSA. because you said so, I think, just <laughs> yeah. for the record. Or maybe... Only Maybe it because is. I said so. Only, yeah, I hope I like I, that. I'd like to think it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're chatting with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst. And I mean, you talk about the offense though. Like it's it's starting to heat up. It was a bit of a slow start, and then now it's really getting going. You've got Marner on a twenty game point streak. You've got mm-hmm. Matthews on a five game point streak, and he's got um like that trio of, of Matthews, Bunting, and Nylander now combining for eighteen points at five on five over the course of this five-game point streak. So you got that line starting to go right now. I mean, this separation was a big talking point when it first went down. It's now been about a dozen or so games. I mean, are we at a point where both of these guys are thriving alone and everybody else's game is being elevated? Are we at a point now where we're looking at this and saying, I mean, there's no point in putting them back together if things continue the way that they are? So playing with William Nylander is like playing alone? Is that what you just suggested? <laughs> oh, <I mean. laughs> or, or playing with Josh Myers is but, playing alone? They're but, thriving alone, are they? Well, um, they're the all thriving together. The That's the thing. They're all <laughs> elevating themselves together. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. last year, you look, I mean, that they couldn't get much from that second line. There were, a lot of it was bad luck. Yeah, we could look at the numbers and it would tell us that. But for whatever reason, you know, Tavares and Nylander together just weren't really working. But separated, you've got just a balance between that top six. It really seems to be clicking right now. 
It does. <laughs> just probably just, no, I, I mean, I, I think I think this is not surprising because, what was it? Like, it seems so long ago now, three or four years ago, before Mitch and Austin became a, a steady thing, Mitch and John Tavares were together, and they were awesome together. Not surprising. William Nylander, I think, has been as good, as consistent as any forward on Toronto this entire season. So to see him play with Austin Matthews and, and Michael Bunting and be successful, it's not, it's not surprising. And again, it just offers flexibility. And you're right, it's been long enough and it's gone so exceptionally well that there's no reason to even contemplate moving back. You know you have it. You know you can go to it anytime you want, mid-game or after a game or two if they struggle. But why would you? You haven't lost in, well, they've lost one game in 17 in yeah. regulation. And Marner's got points in 20 straight, not playing with Austin for a lot of it. William Nylander's a point game player. Austin's heating up. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's a nice it, – it, I'm not surprised. They're all good players. They all play well together. Uh, and there is no need at all to kind of force Marner and Matthews back together at this point. No, and Sheldon Keith's been making those calls. He's been coaching the heck out of this team, making in-game adjustments, yeah. uh, game-to-game. Yeah. Game. I, I feel like he should be getting more love, especially the way that uh, – he was he was wearing all the bullets at the beginning of the year, and lots yeah. of his moves were criticized. You think maybe Jack Adams love this year for Sheldon Keefe, MJ? So it's tricky, right? Because Jack Adams awards do not go to teams that are good. They yeah. go to teams that are overachieving, right? Surprising coaches. So you know, maybe right their now, terrible they're... October could could create well, a narrative. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, you know, if he was going to go today, it would be like Derek Lalonde in Detroit would get, uh, Jim Montgomery in Boston would get consideration. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a reason, like, John Cooper's never won the Jack Adams, I don't think. I know, you know I like, hate it's, that. It's not about being a really good coach on, of a good team. It's always, like, overachieving when you're not supposed to be that good. But we had this conversation, I was down at NHL Network last week, and we were doing a little bit on, you know, surprising Jack Adams candidates, and we're going through the list. And I'm like, um, what about Sheldon Keith? They're fourth in the league. They don't have their three top defensemen. Yeah. They're playing with two goalies who they were not coming in on off a of great season. And they went through a cold offensive slump, and he's figured out how to get them to fourth in the league. In fact, they're catching Vegas almost up into third. Like, at some point, you have to look at the numbers and the success this guy has. Yes, he's got a really good team to work with. But he also does a really good job of managing the team, yeah. figuring out the game plan, and he also manages the market, which is harder here than just about anywhere. And, and I think, you know, knowing, you know, we, we, we got all over him. Like, remember we, he said something about Mitch, then he kind of walked it back, and everybody, yeah. why did he apologize? Like, like, I think he understands how to, how to make life as easy as it can be, not for himself, but for his players. And that is very valuable, something that you would probably need to learn a little bit being around the Toronto Maple Leafs and being the coach of them. So I think he's done an exceptional job. And, Mike, you probably have the numbers in front of you. Like, I don't know, through the first 200 games, is Sheldon Keith not, like, third best winning percentage in the history of the NHL? Like he's, yeah. He's well, I need both you guys to have the numbers in front of you. I need both Money Puck Mike's to have the numbers I've seen, in front of them I've at all seen times. these boards. These boards all popped up because he had his right. 200th game, what, like a week or two ago? And, it, and, and he was right up there amongst the, the best to ever do it in terms of winning percentage. So, yes, I think he should get consideration. Julia, unfortunately, he's not going to get no. any uh, by the end of the year. No. Yeah. Um, MJ, last night was uh, was an interesting, I actually call it kind of a revenge night. So you had Paul Maurice go back into 
Winnipeg, and mm-hmm. it was it was a weird situation last year when Paul Maurice left, was just kind of stepping down, saying his message got stale, and it was best for the organization if they parted ways. It was done amicably, um, but the team didn't go on to have success. They still kind of sputtered out and didn't make the playoffs, but they're having a great season this year, and I don't know if you heard these comments. I think we have them here. I'll play them for you. Mark Shifley talking about, uh, you know, just felt a little bit better, a little more special beating Paul Maurice last night. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That was a that was a that was a good win uh, in my books. You know, pretty happy with that one. Um, at the end of the day, we know, you know, we moved on. We, you know, we are a different team this year uh, than we were last year, and um, you know, it's been been exciting for a lot of us. You know, I think you see the rejuvenated, you know, faces in this room. You know, you know, Bones has really been on us a lot. You know, each and every day, whether it's a good game or a bad game, he's he's always looking to help us, and I think it's been. You know, it's been awesome for me. It's been awesome for a lot of us. That, you know, we're being challenged. We're, we're, you know, we're being pushed to, to to reach our you know full potential. And I think that 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 does a lot for our team. So what 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 do those comments tell you? I mean, that, that seems like a shot right directly at Paul Maurice, doesn't it? It's it's hard, right? Like it's hard to be complimentary about one person without it seeming like a, a direct indictment of the previous guy. And and Mark Shifley would would owe a lot to Paul Maurice, right? Like, Shifley yeah. became a star and, and was given all kinds of freedom and rope to play any way he wanted under Paul Maurice. So he probably shouldn't be saying, we're so much better now that we don't have him around. Because part of why Mark Shifley's so successful is because he had Paul Maurice for so long. But it's a tricky, tricky balance there between being positive about your new guy and not being insulted to your old guy. So I, I think, I think, if you're going to be kind about it, he's reinforcing the same message Paul Maurice said last year. Paul Maurice had grown stale. Like the the the, the message, the voice, the the game plan, all of it, the relationship had just run its course. They they'd been together so long, Paul Maurice and Winnipeg and the best players there that uh, change was probably going to be healthy for everyone. That's how the optimist, positive guy would see it. Like I don't think he meant it personally. And you know the the other way to look at it is like yeah he's saying <laughs> it's nice not having him around like we like it the way it is now more than we liked it previously, and that's a bit of a shot, like, but I don't believe that Mark Shifley meant that as directly as Jake DeBrusque meant it when Bruce Cassidy came into Boston. Like yeah. I think he's speaking specifically. Yes, <laughs> we like the vibe here because I like the coach better than the old coach. That's exactly what Jake DeBrusque is saying, and that's okay. He owns that. I don't know if Mark Shifley was kind of trying to go directly there. But it's interesting that Winnipeg's done so well in Florida under Paul Maurice, reigning President's Trophy yeah. winner, not so much right now. Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting scenario. And it was a true Tuesday night revenge tour in the NHL last night. Shane Wright went down to the AHL, uh, got mm-hmm. five goals, four games, then last night against the Montreal Canadiens. He gets his first NHL goal. Is that about as good as revenge goals come, MJ? It is okay, but I just said like, when he plays Jersey, is that a revenge game for Shane Wright because they didn't pick him second? It was just when he plays uh, Arizona. You know, the first it, overall pick hits night? different. Like after when, he didn't go one, you, after he didn't go look one, MJ, look MJ. Look MJ. We all saw the footage. He didn't shoot daggers at Jersey. Didn't shoot daggers at Arizona. Those daggers were directed Ooh. right at Montreal at that draft. And yeah. I, somebody turned over video last night of him talking to his dad right after Montreal made the pick and. Uh, Lip reading is always a stretch. Not really my forte, but it looks like he says, "Can't wait to play him now." Well, score to goal. Yeah, but that, 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 that's normal. Yeah, listen, I, no, I'm, I'm poking. He, yes, it would be. He would be motivated. He would feel great scoring his first against Montreal. But you know, Montreal beat Seattle, and Slavkovsky's. You know, he's doing okay as well. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's something, but it's 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 lost on people. I think it's like he won. He didn't go second. He went fourth. Like two other teams agreed with Montreal and said, "Hmm, we're not taking him either." So I don't know if you know it's a, it should be too inflammatory, but yeah, he, he would feel good about that. And uh, I think I don't know. We'll see what happens today or whatever, but I'm, I'm guessing he's going to go to the World Junior team now yeah. and go play in Halifax and, and score a bunch of goals there, hopefully, for Canada. So um, that would be a nice way to maybe kind of cap off his first half. It's been a bit tumultuous. Some in the NHL, some of the minors. It looks like he's obviously good enough to play in the minors and produce because he scored quite a bit. Um, but I, if I'm Seattle, I probably, I probably send him to the World Junior team. And then I probably sell him to back to Kingston and like finish the year in the OHL and, and then come back ready to go next year and you'll never see any other league but the NHL for the next fifteen years. Yeah. And it's probably would be the best case scenario. We'll see what they end up doing. Well, I guess that'll be an answer we'll know in the next couple of weeks, I suppose. Uh, really quickly though, like we, we talk about, you know, in jest how that was a bit of a revenge goal. Do you have one goal in mind where you scored it and you you, you kind of shot daggers across to the other team that you would classify as a revenge goal that just felt sweeter than any other you scored? Um, my first game back in Toronto when I got traded to Tampa, uh, we it was much like Seattle game. I think we lost four two, but I had I think I had a goal and assist or two point or certainly nice. scored a goal. And so I don't I wasn't mad at Pat Quinn, but I, that one felt good. I remember it. I'm like. I'm really happy I got that one um, in Toronto, my first trip back in playing for Tampa. So, yeah, it's like, listen, we're human. There's games, there's moments where you get traded or you get sad or you get scratched or you, you didn't like a coach and you go up against them. You want to show them. And when you do, it, it feels good. So, yeah, that first game back against Toronto, I like that one. Nice. I liked it a lot. Nice. <laughs> All right, Johnny, we'll let you go. Good chat as always. We'll uh, do it again next week. All right, guys. Have a great day. All right, you too. Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst and uh, petty man for scoring a goal against the I support Maple that. Leafs and felt sweeter than usual. I I support it too. Like I I am a very petty person. I think. Yeah, like I we would. All. Everybody uh, is at their core. Like I would de- like if I got traded from a team, if I was in the NHL and I got traded. The draft is a little bit different. I mean, in that circumstance where yeah. you're expected to go number one and like the entire process, and this and was kind of like you drop on draft night. Yeah. It's a bit of a different situation. But if I was like traded in MJ's circumstance and somebody got rid of me, like Carlo Koliakovo, for example, shares that story all the time about how he was traded along with Alex Steen for like Lee Stepniak, and he's sitting there in the dra- in the GM room. He's like, "Okay, and he's like, that's it. That's all you got for me." The first game back, I would be so ecstatic to score a goal on those guys and just look directly up at the general manager and be like, "You gave me up for nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing." And I'm going to make you pay. You would pull the binoculars out uh, to look up at the suite and say, stuff it, buddy. I wish you could use props. Like in the NFL, sometimes they use props. (laughs) Like there's the, that would be amazing. Could you imagine? That would be unreal. I don't know how you'd be able to do it, but if you had something tucked behind the bench and you went and you grabbed a prop and used it in a goal celebration, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Okay, the other thing about Shane Wright and having beef with Montreal exclusively, like, we knew Jersey, if he didn't go one, we knew he wasn't going to go two, right? Because Jersey's so deep at center. Yeah. Arizona, you could probably... Arizona, though... Did they do him a favor? They yeah. were going coolly. No, like, they were the movie Draft Day, where it's exactly like Mac, no matter what. So that's They're why... They're going coolly, no matter what. Like, Slavkovsky could have been there, and they probably were still going to go with Cooley. Yeah. And, and, I don't know. He didn't want to go to Arizona. No, he didn't. You, so, like, the, the team to have beef with, to me, is, is just Montreal. By the way, Kraken, 
starting to uh, cooking? slow down. Cracking? No, they're starting to slow down. They're starting to have some cracks. Not cracking. In that armor. It's it's not going well right now for Seattle. Remember we were having that conversation yes, what, last week, I think, about how well we had uh, Alberga, and he was like, oh, I believe in this team. I don't know, man. They're starting to show oh, some Oh, yeah. I don't cracks. know how like, into that. Martin Jones has given up like 20 goals his last few games. Mm. Lost 4-2 to Montreal last night. Lost 5-1 to the Panthers. There's that crazy 9-8 game. A little bit ago. Yeah, that could skew stats so at this lost, point in the year pretty badly. Yeah, it could. But they've lost a couple of games here in a row. So I don't know. Maybe they're starting to show some cracks in the Kraken. All right. Up next, let's get back into last night's game. Getting some stays and some goes from the Maple Leafs performance against the Dallas Stars. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tesheri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Matthews has done it again. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. All you have to do is hey. Well, we don't usually have any merit in the rotation. I like it, Nick. I like it. I like it. You're speaking my language. Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Okay, a big shout-out for Matt Murray last night over the Dallas Stars. 4 nothing victory. Uh, it was high event and exciting, and we have some stays and goes. I think we start with our goes, A.B., uh, does that make sense? Yeah, because they're pretty short. I yeah. think like it's, there wasn't. Here's the weird thing. So, <laughs> a couple of goes for me, like that that brain fart from Justin Hall. We haven't talked about <laughs> it yet, and I don't know what the hell that guy was doing. I don't know. Like, I I feel for people in scenarios like that because it's so clearly not a lapse in in. Uh, it's just very clearly a, a moment of... It's what, a brain fart. It's a brain fart. That's, That's all it is. It doesn't speak to one. how smart he is. It doesn't speak to how no. good of a defenseman he is. No, it doesn't no, speak no. to him being an idiot or anything. It's just a moment. You could tell immediately as soon as he did it, he was like, why did well, I just why he chucked it, try to he throw realized. it like a quarterback? Well, it's the thing. Like He's literally playing hot potato. He grabbed it. He looks at it. He's like, oh my God, I'm close-handing grabbing this thing. This is illegal. It just has to get away I'm from me. I'm not allowed to do it. And then chucked it like it was a grenade that was about to explode on him. And it's like... You can't do that either, man. Like, what are you doing? The, the the thing that sucked about that, though, is like it was they were already killing off a penalty, and that put them down two men for a buck thirty, a buck yeah. thirty, and that's where like that that penalty kill last night was honestly just I was sitting there sweating, like I had so much anxiety watching that entire situation there because Marner breaks his stick pretty early on into it, and it's like. Five on two and a half, essentially. Yeah. Like, they, it, he, he did a decent job of using his body and trying to, like, kick the puck and, and did his best, I guess, to, to be a body out there and, and try and disrupt things. But you had guys like Sandine and Lilligren out there blocking shots, and, and those aren't players who typically play in those five on threes. I know we're not getting in, kind of it's more so my stay, but that's what led to that Justin Hall Oopsie. brain fart. That little oopsie. But what I do want to talk about that, and I'll, I'll continue on that uh, penalty kill moment in just, a mo- in just a second. What I find very interesting about the Justin Hall thing, imagine that play happened a month and a half ago. Yeah. Like when he was making all of those mistakes and then that brain fart happens, that's probably what we're leading off with today. 
Like right. that's probably what we would have been talking about with Johnny. Like this guy, he's making mistakes, brain farts. Where's his confidence at? You know, his head's in the gutter. Yada yada yada. But he's played actually some pretty sound hockey the last couple of weeks. That one little brain fart, it's no biggie anymore. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it just happens. You know? We're not talking about it. We're not harping on him for it. It was the first couple weeks he was having a tough time. He, he's been really solid since then. There's numbers to back that up, too, isn't there? Him and Mark Giordano. Okay, um, here we go. So they played 166 minutes together, and they've allowed the fourth least amount of goals per 60 Fourth among least amount all, of goals per 60. Let me just digest defensive that. Pairs, but among all defensive pairs in the NHL, say that it again. played at least 130 minutes together. Okay, say it again. The fourth least the amount fourth, of goals per 60. Yes. Among all defensive pairs who have played at least 130 minutes together, which is 83 pairs. Wow. 83 pairs across the, hockey, the National Hockey League. That's great. You know who's third? <laughs> <laughs> Sandy and Lilligren yeah. is third on that list. The Leafs have two of the top uh, top pair of defense when it comes to you know actual goals against per sixty. The expected numbers they're allowing a little more, so they're getting good goaltending. So the save percentage is really high when they're out there on the ice. So yeah. they're getting a little bit of puck luck, but it's still a nice thing to see after years of seeing Leafs being at the bottom of those numbers as opposed to up at the top of those charts. Yeah, I guess that makes my go sound a little silly, but not when it comes to injuries. The Hex on the blue line. Whoever has cursed the blue line, whoever has put a spell on it, um, please revoke, return to sender. (laughs) This is not funny anymore. Victor Mate went down last night. He's going to be out, according to Sheldon Week. According to Sheldon Week. According to Sheldon Keefe. At least for the remainder of the week, he won't be available. Um, it's it's hilarious to me because the conversation still happens and it's a valid conversation. Um, some people are really into the idea of the Leafs acquiring a top four gritty, mean defenseman with a big blast from the blue line. And, yeah, I got yeah. some text from Uncle Chris last night. Yeah, that's that. their prerogative. That I, that's a, that <laughs> wouldn't hurt any team to have a really good defenseman, right shot defenseman. Like if you find him, let me know and, and send him my way because that'd be great for a lot of teams. If 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 let's say Arizona wants to offer up Jacob Chikrin at a, a discount, sure. I'll yeah. take him on my team. Yeah, but um, it's almost hilarious that we're having these conversations. Meanwhile, the Leafs are just like, all right, next guy, get in the lineup, and, and just continue to have guys who have been performing yeah. up to standard. Timmins last night stepped level. in. I didn't think, like... He stepped up on, on Ben right. once at the blue line? Yeah. I was impressed by that. I mean, he he. there's a good hockey player in there. Oh, yeah. Right? I think he's just similar to Hall... Confidence might be shook a little bit. Not just similar to Hall because he has a, a way higher. He had way oh, higher, higher hopes ceiling, right. than but I mean, Justin like Hall earlier in the yeah. year. We're talking about Hall. Like, totally. There's, we've seen good hockey out of this guy, and it's just a confidence thing. We've seen good hockey out of Connor Timmins. It wasn't necessarily at the NHL level, yeah. but we've seen it, and there's a hockey player in there, and he's got all the skills, and he's got the toolbox. It might even to be, be more similar player. to Matt Murray. We'll see. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, not at the end. He doesn't have two Stanley Cups, of course, but he has a very illustrious uh, (laughs) junior career, and he's a lot younger than him. And I I really like the way... I said this to you yesterday, but if there's one team that has all the resources in the world and all the personnel in the world to really rehab a player and help him find his full potential, we've seen it a lot of times with the Leafs, and and those guys usually end up going out the door for more money than the Leafs can afford, but uh, the Leafs are the team to, to create the turnaround. Yeah, uh, 
some stays from last night. Many stays. Many There's a lot stays. of stays, and 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 I, I, we got to give some credit to. I to feel Sandy a little fraudulent right now, AB, though, because if uh, there were so many stays, we're so hyped. But if Matt Murray did not play out of his gosh darn mind last night, we're probably having a totally different conversation. So I feel oh, like kind of fraudulent right now. The one like the the biggest stay is Mer Daddy Fresh coming through, Merman playing outstanding hockey. Like that's the number one save or the number one stay right now is is. Matt Murray playing at the level that he's playing at, playing at a Vesna caliber level last night. I mean, 44 stops, and he stood on his head, and in particular on the power play. Like, I think he faced something like 17 power play shots. Like, like they took seven penalties. That's another thing we didn't mention for goes. Yeah. How about don't take seven penalties? Like, play a How many clear, were in the second period? Like, five? Th- they were on the PK it was madness. the entire period, it felt like. I would love to, I would love to evaluate... Simeon Durg and Chinsev, but we did not see yeah. him most of the game as a result of the amount of special teams that were played. Yes, there was only eight minutes of five-on-five hockey in the second period. Oh my gosh! But um, but you know Matt Murray, like we've talked a lot about him already, but certainly his level of play, like that, can stay hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the penalty kill going seven for seven, and in particular that penalty kill in in the second period there that I was about to bring up a moment ago, and what's so great about it is it was guys who just were put in that situation and flourished. Like, Gio and Hall were the guys in the penalty In box. the box on the 5-on-3. And those are the guys who typically are killing off penalties yeah. on a 5-on-3. Like, those are the two dudes who Sheldon Keefe would prefer to have out there. He had to look down his bench. There's no Mete. Connor Timmons ain't going out there. Timmy, Rasmus, okay, Carl, boys. get out there. Do your thing. And they were fantastic. Um, Rasmus Sandin, a couple of big blocks. I mean, they really, truly were. And Sheldon Keefe had nothing but praise for the way that those two played and the way that they've kind of stepped up here. I think we had that audio here, uh, if we can get that ready. This is Sheldon Keefe last night on uh, Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren stepping up in a time of need. I think you learn a lot about their character. You know, like... You, you're, the team needs them to step up in a big way, and they've they've done exactly that. Like those guys played hard today. They played a lot of minutes tired too. Like you're down to five defensemen. You know, one's Connor Timmins, who's you know playing his first game with us and not taking on a whole lot. Um, so a lot's fallen on those those two young guys. We, you know, we've come to expect Gio and Hall to do a really good job for us, but those two have really stepped up here today. You know. Um, said they played hard they moved the puck well they were physical competitive and a lot they're doing it a lot on a half a tank you know and and and, uh, the bottom of their tank a lot of times so yeah impressive and on top of that Rasmus Sandin scored a goal last night off of a a a great play where he blows up Luke Glendening stops the offensive uh you know the offensive possession that Dallas had trucks him takes the puck springs him up the ice he follows up the play and ends up picking up the garbage and scoring a short side goal so that was just an outstanding shift in general but you look at Sandine last night two hits four blocks which tied for the team lead 23 minutes 26 seconds last night Timothy Lilligren three hits last night 25 minutes, 57 seconds, career high. Unreal. Out of uh, out of Timmy Lilligren. So, a uh, great night for the young for the young defenseman, and you know, stepping up and um, really kind of, I guess, elevating their play. This is what we've been waiting for, and that's what those two players have been waiting on too. Them to get a a real opportunity, and to not only get the opportunity, but to make something of it. And they've definitely done that. Austin Matthews, part of my stays, uh, a goal at five on five, and. 
felt pretty vintage, AB. Like, it was full solo effort. I don't know what the game plan was exactly on Dallas's part there with Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews seemed oh, confused walk in. as to why he still had the puck after yeah. he took that first shot. But, hey, I'm not going to complain about it. Austin Matthews uh, looking like he's getting back. Heating up. I don't. I, I, he's not. What is he on pace for now? Forty goals. He's not scoring forty. More than forty. Goals. He's on pace for more than forty right now. Yeah. Oh, I thought for some reason he was on pace for forty, and hopefully going to blow that. Oh, he will one thousand yeah. percent blow that. I think he scored what his thirteenth goal last night. Yeah. And, and he's got four and five games. He's got four in his last five games on this on this five game point streak, and they're coming at five on five now. Like last night was another five on five goal. Yeah. And that's what was kind of hurting him earlier on this on this point streak he's got. His shooting percentage has ticked back up, closer to where we thought it would be. It's it's high now at twenty five percent, but it's it's a lot closer than it was when he was shooting what three percent earlier in the year. So, uh, like we said, law of averages. At some point, that shooting percentage will balloon for a stretch of games to make sure that that ends up back in that seventeen eighteen percent range that he typically is shooting at. But you know that that was uh that that was a vintage vintage Austin Matthews play, right? Take yeah. it to the net. Didn't score, but got his own rebound and then found some space, walked in, picked the corner, shot. Yeah. Goal. So right? on pace Goal. right now, he's on pace for 39, actually. If he continued oh, really? to perform at the way that he's performed thus far, 39 and 52 points is is the projected just based on the rate at which he's scored thus far. Right. But obviously, he's going to... He's going to heat up a little here. Yes, he's going to blow past that. I thought over the last couple stretches that that number would have uh, ticked past 40. but I'm just looking at the projected on Elite Prospects right now. Yeah. Is that including last night's game? Uh, yeah. 13 goals? Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There you have it. Um, but yeah, either way, it was, it was just a great win like for, for the Maple Leafs, like a morale win. It, did they play the best? No. No? Somebody texted us about block shots, too. We'd be remiss oh, if we didn't. 27 blocks. Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't... Uh, we didn't mention that because that was pretty incredible. The yep. guys laying it down on the line like that. Twenty-seven block shots last night. It was, you know, a, a, a team effort, let's say, but clearly, you know, the number one star definitely goes to Matt Murray um, for the performance that he had last night. All right, let's take a break. Uh, coming up later on on the show, we're gonna catch up with Arda Ocal from ESPN. We yeah, haven't talked to Arda in a while. Yeah. We him a little bit earlier in the season. Let's when things were awry. Yeah. We that, haven't spoken to him since things have been on the rails. And now things are back in, you know, positive vibes. Let's see what, uh, what Art is feeling about this team now. So he'll join us in about 20 minutes or so. I'm Mike DiStefano with Juliet Sherry. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Julie Tisheri and Mike DiStefano with you. We're going to have Arda Ocal on in the 1 o'clock hour, chat a little bit more Leafs. You've got your finger in the air like you have a point or a magic wand. I just have a, qu- you just have a question. A okay. question What's for going you. On? And it's something that I kind of was thinking about, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I know that Sheldon Keefe came out and said that Ilya Samsonov is going to get the start on Thursday. He right. said that like, prior, to the, prior game. to the game. After seeing Matt Murray's performance that he put on last night, do you veer away from the schedule and let Murray get another start here in L.A., or do you, you stick to script and stick to the schedule? Uh, it's an interesting thought, A.B., because he definitely 
earned uh, another start and, and earned like a free dinner and earned bottle service at whatever restaurant they went to. Like he earned it all last right. night. Um, but I think I, I'm too, I think I just know the Leafs and the way they operate too well to say that they'd veer away from anything. I think when Sheldon Keefe says they're going to do something, uh, the plan will will continue in that direction. I don't see them. I don't see them putting Murray back in, and uh, that probably has more to do with the fact that they, like, the priority of this season has to be health for Murray, right? Yeah. Like they've seen yeah. him play. They know he could play. They also know that uh, he's. He's, I, I don't want to say in a precarious spot with injury, but he's injury prone. Like, we can't deny that no matter, well, he no had matter one what. Earlier this year, he had a groin injury. And, and did you see a lot of the saves made last night? Yeah. A lot of stress on that groin, I'm How sure. stressed were you watching that? That was the most stressful part of the game for me. It is watching Matt Burry and, and saying, okay, the puck's underneath him, but like, where's his, where's his foot at right now? Where, where's his legs right now? Is everything good with his physical body? There was actually a moment in the third period where um, he went to go make a save, and I think the Leaf got a piece of it, ended up blocking it. I can't remember who it was, and maybe it was, uh, maybe it was Sandine. And it ended up kind of going off of the, the defenseman and then trickle wide. But he went to go make the save, then he had to readjust. And then I saw him, when the puck ended up going on the other end of the ice, gingerly, like, push his leg over slowly. And I was like, oh, no. Like, did, did he hurt ah! himself trying to make that adjustment on the fly? Like, that's kind of what happens sometimes when your body's not really expecting it, right? And yeah. then you just do, like, that's sometimes how these injuries happened and um there was a slight slight concern there where i was like oh no but all good all is good yeah so after the game i feel good i feel great and so just uh, in saying that doesn't that does that answer your question the kind of like uh, uh why like, would you risk it here's the you got to get samsonov so, rolling again too yeah i understand not going to him yeah don't get me wrong i completely understand it and if this is the plan and this is the process trust the process and, and roll with it but, like, sometimes you go away from the process. When a guy goes out and has a performance like that, like, it's it's just tough to the do. Leafs the Leafs love the process. The They're obsessed with I the process. They, they pay it, people millions of dollars to make up <laughs> processes for them. But isn't it tough to take the net away from the guy oh, after that It's very difficult, especially since you and I are pretty, um, I don't know, like, I, I like the idea of having a guy, a hot hand, and, and rolling with him. But I just don't think that's the scenario that the Leafs are in with these two guys specifically. Mm -hmm. But I will say... Isn't it a nice little problem to have, especially when you're oh, looking absolutely. out in Edmonton, Skinner's about to get his third straight start, and then you look at Calgary, Vladar's about to start his third wow. uh, in his last six, I, I think, something like that. Though I will note, just just for the pessimistic side of me, that uh, Kevin Gibson, our, our incredible stats man here at TSN, sent out uh, an email comparing Jack Campbell's first nine games last year and... Uh, Matt Murray's first first nine games through this season was it, was it la no it was the year before where Jack Campbell broke a record for like consecutive wins to start a season uh, I think it was in the bubble year no was that consecutive yeah that was consecutive wins to he start he wasn't a starter because he was splitting with Freddie Anderson but I think it was consecutive wins to with, start the season with a franchise I think with the Leafs yeah was okay. I wasn't sure if it was to start. Did he, he was he was part of a he was like he won trade. his first like ten starts that it was that a year. huge thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, but yeah. So there. But what were the Jack stats Campbell's, that Gibson gave? <laughs> they were essentially identical, is what I mean, from their first nine appearances. Uh, Murray and, and Campbell. Yeah. 
like first nine appearances yeah. last year. To Murray's first nine this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jack Campbell and I think was Jack outstanding a year ago. Might have actually. Jack Campbell was the second star of November last year. He was a Vesna. He he literally became an All Star because of that November, and then he turned into a pumpkin. So, I mean, and now he's a jack o' lantern, just uh, just wilting out in the cold. That's that's a tough look for Edmonton. <laughs> that was tough. a tough comparison too. But like Ken Holland, really must be sweating that one out. Like they they gave him five years, five million, and they're already a team that's pretty cap strapped. Yeah. Um, this is what they are exactly. Through nine games played, 2021 Campbell versus Murray 2022. 5-2-1, Murray's 6-1-2. and two. Uh, Campbell's goals allowed, one eight six. Murray's is 2-3-4 right now. And mm-hmm. then they both have identical nine three two save percentages. Where it all went wrong for Jack Campbell last year... Was when they expected him to be a starter. No. This year. No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> this not where year. it went wrong. But like you look at his, his underlying numbers... When it came to stopping like high quality chances, he just he wasn't capable of doing that. A lot of his goals were of the high danger variety, and he had like the third worst high danger save percentage in the NHL. Yeah. And you go look at what Matt Murray's doing right now. Pretty sure he has the third best high danger save, and that was going into last night. He seems to thrive I can only in imagine. chaos. I, I, and I think that's well. He's kind of anti Jack Campbell to me. He, yeah. He's like the anti-Jack Campbell. He's yeah, so even-keeled even after after a terrible... Oh, sorry, he hasn't had a terrible, terrible game thus far. That would be really hyperbolic of me to say. But after a not-great goal in overtime, he was very calm after, and he, he had the exact same demeanor about him after an incredible shutout performance. And I really like that quality in a goalie as opposed to the kind of emotional roller coaster that... that uh, We've been used to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can get more into Matt Murray. We'll get artist thoughts on Matt Murray. Uh, second hour of Leafs Lunch coming up next.